thought-provoking stories, and insights from around the globe by your favorite athletes. This is the Athlete's Obsession, brought to you by Obsesh. This week on the podcast, I welcome in Christian Dyer, a pro rugby player for the USA national team and the Houston Sabercats of Major League Rugby. He tells me about the hard work he had to put in to get to this level and the way that he's seeing the game of rugby grow. Welcome everyone to this latest edition of the Athletes Obsession podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Allison, and this week I have a special guest, Christian Dyer of the USA men's rugby team and a new rugby home as well that he'll get into. Christian, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, Dalton. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, of course. I think you're the first rugby player that I've had on the podcast. So we're breaking ground today on the podcast. Uh-huh. I'm happy to be a part of it. Awesome. And I'll, I'll start you off with the question that I start everybody off on the podcast with, which is an off-the-cuff question. What is your obsession? And it could be rugby-related or non-rugby-related. I think from an early age, it was just it was sports in general. I was always an active kid and I tried all sorts of sports, but I was always trying to find which one I was the best at. And, you know, I gave everything into each one and finally rugby found me and, you know, coupling that with football, that was the majority of my childhood. So I ended up chasing rugby and now I'm trying to chase it to the highest level and become the best rugby player that I can. What was it about sports as a kid that really drew you in and kept you interested and made it your obsession? I love winning. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. And sports is the, more, the most natural and organic way you can do that. Um, it's the best environment where you can be as competitive as possible within, you know, the parameters of the lines or the games. And so that's what really attracted to me. And of course, there's the sense of camaraderie and, and team and brotherhood. But at its core, you know, I appreciate winning and I appreciate being challenged and um, everything that has to come with that, the preparation, the, you know, the practice, the training. Now, you mentioned that you ended up pursuing rugby. How did you discover rugby as a kid? You know, it's not the most popular sport in the U.S. So how did you come about discovering it where you live? Um, I was fortunate that Sacramento, my hometown, has a pretty decent sized um, like youth program. And there's multiple youth clubs around the area in the surrounding area. And there's sixth or seventh grade where a buddy of mine or a family friend had played for a couple of years and I tried lacrosse for a year that didn't work out. And so that family friend just invited me to a practice or two and I really enjoyed it. And it just stuck with me and Jesuit, my high school is pretty nationally recognized for rugby. And it was just the perfect opportunity to, you know, enter that program and, uh, you know, have a good base heading into high school where then I could really accelerate my development. When you were in those early youth uh, development stages for rugby, did anyone ever try to convince you to switch full-time over from rugby to football? No, uh, I started football at a really young age, you know, the Pop Warner stuff. And so I just continued playing through high school. There was no point in becoming a full-time football player because I think the most successful people and most successful athletes are dual sport. They don't just specialize in one. And there's a ton of qualities and traits that can carry over from football to rugby or rugby to football. So I think football definitely complemented my rugby game. What was it uh, from your football game that you brought into rugby that you think made you so successful? 
football's tough. It's a competitive sport. It's really zero sum and, you know, the best players are going to be on the field at, at one point. And so I think from a young age, it just instilled in me a, a real sense of accountability and a, and a strong work ethic. And I think those, you know, core traits transition into rugby really well, where I could really focus on just becoming the best player I can be. And um, in that, you know, you're going to help the team in, in any capacity, but it starts with the individual self. And I think football did a you know phenomenal job at teaching me that foundation and Another one is, especially with our high school and, and youth program, was just an emphasis on team and, you know, greater than the team itself. So that sense of humility um, is real important and something that I carry with myself today and really, really appreciate. Now, whether it was that early sixth or seventh grade program or it was in that high school program that you talked about, did you have a coach growing up in the sport that really inspired you to keep playing or practice like even harder than you were? Um, I don't necessarily attribute it to a coach. I think there's multiple coaches that were pretty influential in my career, but there's a ton of older guys, especially at my high school who I really, really looked up to. And I, and, you know, in all honesty, I viewed them as coaches and I always wanted to aspire to be like them and to be better than them. So I would say that, um, you know, the older guys at my high school were the people that I looked up to and wanted to do more and be better and learn from them. And so, you know, I'd be picking their brains or asking them, Hey, can you spend some extra time with me? And fortunately they were, they were really, really receptive to that. And so, yeah, you know, it wasn't a coach. It was more so the older guys from the high school. Now, I think whatever profession that someone chooses, they have someone who's a mentor like that, who is older in the field and gives them some great advice to lean on. Did you ever have that one really great piece of advice that stuck with you uh, as, as you're going from the high school level through to college and then eventually the national and international level? Yeah. I mean, there's a few pieces of advice. Um, one from Cal Berkeley that has stuck with me is grateful for everything entitled to nothing. I think that's just a mindset that you should approach both life and sports with, you know, you're not owed anything in life and, every everything you should be grateful for and I think going through life with that sense of appreciation just makes you uh yeah you, know, you have a different perspective on things and the next sort of advice was you know things don't happen overnight habits and consistency are really the two most important aspects of success um, and there's so much that you can control in life and so focus on that rather than what you can't control now, you mentioned that you attended Cal to play rugby. What was it like playing for one of the most historic collegiate programs in the country? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cal's a phenomenal place and such a historic rugby program being the first sport ever on campus in Berkeley um, back in, I think, early, early 1900s. So it has such a rich history and um, the traditions still carry on today. And I knew that if I wanted to take my rugby to the next level, especially after college, that Cal was going to be the best, you know, place for me to grow and develop as both, you know, rugby player and athlete as a human, because you're coupling a very, very high performing rugby team with a top notch university and getting my education is something I really value. And I didn't want to just focus on rugby all college and then look back and be like, Hmm, I kind of wasted the college experience or the education opportunity. And so, 
I'm really grateful. You know, I went there and it taught me so much about both life and sports. Um, and, you know, you really feel a sense of team when you become a cow golden bear and that grateful for everything and tell them nothing is something that, you know, bled through the entire team. And I think everybody who goes through that program comes out a better person, not only a better rugby player. Did you have a favorite moment from when you were playing rugby at Cal? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a few moments. Number one was freshman year. I, I, I got the opportunity to go to a big tournament and I was just a young gun, but what was so cool about it was not that I got selected and I got to play as a freshman, one of the only freshmen. It was me being able to play with the older guys that I looked up to so much and that were, you know, mentors to me and big brothers to me. And just the opportunity to perform for them was such a unique and cool experience to me. You're mentioning a lot of mentorship and a lot of looking up to, to people in the rugby space. And it's great that you were having that when you were moving through the ranks. Have you seen youth rugby grow where that's become more of a, a commonplace thing? Or do you think youth rugby still has some growing to do in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, it, it still has so much room to grow. But in the last, you know, five, seven years, there's been rapid growth in, you know, certain areas of the U.S. I mean, there's hot pockets of rugby everywhere that it's really, really cool to see. And it's producing top tier athletes and rugby players. Um, I think with the, gr the growing national teams that we have um, and their ongoing success is bringing a lot of awareness around rugby, especially the, with the Olympics, having rugby in there. Tons of people that have spoken to me say, oh my God, I saw that, that, that game of rugby. That's really cool. And these are people that have no idea what the sport is. So I think just that initial exposure is going to start growing the game. And, you know, more and more young kids are going to be introduced to the sport. But I think it does take, you know, guys like me or guys in high school and college that can start, you know, being mentors to the young kids and facilitating training groups or coming out to practice and trying to be, you know, a bit of an inspiration to these youth to keep pursuing the sport. I think that's totally true. And for someone who doesn't know the sport, what would be one thing you would tell them about rugby for them to be able to get into the game? You know, you're going to meet some of the most genuine and coolest people in the world. You're going to have the opportunity to meet people from all, you know, walks of life and not just from America. So there's such a diverse culture uh, rooted in the sport. And that's something I really, really appreciate. And I think that's one of the coolest things about the sport. Now, this past year, you got the basically like the pinnacle of pro rugby. You were able to be called up to Team USA. What did that invitation mean to you and your family? I mean, it was a pretty special moment for me um, and the family. It's something that I've strived for since I was really young in high school. But yeah, I mean, it's just it was just another step in the progression. And I just had to enjoy the moment and, and not let it get to me or get to my head. It's where I knew I was going to always end up. As much as I was grateful for it, it, it really wasn't a surprise. You know, just because I got the call up doesn't mean I was going to get into a game or, you know, get selected to all these tournaments. So there was still so much work to be done. No, it was, it was a pretty special moment for me, one I'll never forget. But um, earning my first cap was definitely uh, um, one of the pinnacle moments of my life and something that I'll never forget. And just such a cool moment running out there with, you know, the, the USA rugby emblem on my chest and knowing that I'm playing for something so much greater than myself. 
it's a, a rush of emotions. Now, I know Team USA put you on a pretty rigorous travel schedule. What were some of the, the stops for you or what did a typical travel month look like for you when you were really in the throes of the season? Yeah, um, I mean, there was, a, there was an eight-week period where I was on the road living out of a suitcase, living in hotels. Um, uh, it was split up into four different locations. So I would basically spend two weeks um, at a time at a certain location. So tra traveling was pretty rigorous, like you said. And, um, you know, you, you got to think that COVID is still a big factor in the whole traveling world. So there's tons of, you know, we're limited in a lot of aspects. And there's tons of protocols that we have to adhere to. And we're getting COVID tested all the time. So there's just some, you know, a bit more logistical hurdles that we had to face. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of cool places that I went, London, Dublin, Uruguay, that because COVID is such a factor today, you know, I didn't really get to explore or appreciate, you know, what those beautiful cities have to offer. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're not there for leisure or, you know, have fun or sightseeing. We're there for business and we're there to take care of, um, you know, the game that we're playing. So, you know, all of our focus was just channeled toward that. Now, did you have a favorite moment when you were running out there for Team USA and representing the red, white, and blue? Yeah, I mean, first first game in England was pretty special. Um, but I think one of the coolest moments was my first game on U.S. soil, playing against Canada and Denver. I had friends there. I had my family there and going out there and then you're singing the national anthem that that's pretty special. You know, you get, you know, you get goosebumps when you're sitting there and especially for a world cup qualifying match that it, it means so much to the team and to the program and to so many more people than just within the organization. Uh, that that's a pretty, pretty cool moment, especially on home soil. And it was on September 11th. So just, yeah, that, that day in and of itself was, was unique and really, really special to me. Now, 2021 was the year that you got selected to Team USA, but it was also now the year where you signed a professional contract with the Houston Sabercats for next season of Major League Rugby. Why don't you talk a little bit about that opportunity? So, you know, with the World Cup coming up in two years, um, that's the 15th World Cup. I, I knew that I had to be in a 15s environment full time if, if I want to be at the best of my game for that World Cup. And as much as I, you know, I love the game of sevens and I'm so grateful for them bringing me in and um, allowing me to be a part of that program for a year. Uh, I knew it was, it was just right to make the transition. Uh, so I talked to my agent and we, we sat down and we, and we just discussed where I should go and what environment's going to suit me best. And um, the coach coming to Houston is, is a, world-renowned rugby coach and he's a former South African national team coach and I knew that I wanted to be a part of something special and something that has the opportunity to just grow and um, I think there's an untapped potential with the staff and, and the team itself and so Houston was it for me and I'll uh, you know I'm looking forward to arriving on site and getting to work. So now do you anticipate a position switch because of the the, the format of the rugby is switching for you with the, with the new team? Um, well, I mean, of course, there's going to be a position switch just because the games are, are so different, sevens versus 15s. 
you know, when I'm playing with the U.S., I'm, I've been on the wing the last six games I played for them. I think there may be a little bit of a position switch going to Houston, but, you know, that, I don't really shy away from that in whatever capacity I can help the team and the organization win. You know, that that's what I'm looking forward to. And playing another position is only going to help my game improve and it's going to, you know, add to my arsenal as a, as a player. And hopefully if I can, you know, develop in another position, then uh, come time for the national team, then, you know, I'm not just a one-dimensional player on the wing. I'll have experience in the arsenal to, to fit multiple roles. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that 2021 was such a big year for you. How do you follow that up in 2022? What are some of the goals that you have in mind for next year? Yeah, I, I, you know, I've got individual goals and I got team goals. Um, you know, I'm, I'm striving to be the best player I can be. And I know it's going to be a long road. It's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be ups and downs. But, you know, I talked about this in the beginning is that consistency is the key to to success. And so, you know, we had a, we had a phrase at Cal Berkeley called constant performance improvement. Um, you know, if you want to get from here to here, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just taking it day by day and week by week and really, you know, having these self audits, understanding where your game is at, where your flaws are at. And so you're really working on those. And so next season, individually, like I said, I want to be the best player. Um, there's some accolades and awards and, and metrics that I want to hit. Um, but those are personal. And as a team goal for the Houston Sabercats, goal is to raise the trophy at the end of the season. Uh, you know, if you're not striving to be the best in the league, then why are you there? And then with the national team, we need to qualify for the World Cup in 2023. And so we'll have two matches against Chile in July, one home, one away. Um, and so, you know, I'm really, really thinking about that. And I think that if I can take this, this season with the Houston Sabercats, seriously and, and do what I set out to do, then I'll join. Uh, if I'm fortunate enough to rejoin the U.S. team, you know, I'll be a better player than I was last year. And so I can help contribute to the team even more. Those are some awesome goals that you have set. And now just looking back at the, the mentoring piece that you were talking about earlier, when you're talking to a youth player that you might be helping to train, or if you're just helping out someone at a camp, what is something that you keep in mind when you're teaching someone about the sport of rugby? You know, I think a lot of time players, especially youth, get caught up in, in the mistakes that they make in the game or practice. But, you know, the reason you're selected onto a team or into a position or into a game isn't because of your weaknesses, but it's because of what you're really good at. So, you know, I try to tell these kids, hey, what do you, you know, number one, you got to understand what you're good at and keep working on that and make those strengths super strengths. And so instead of focusing on everything that could, you know, go wrong or, or the, you know, mistakes that you're making, you know, let's, let's channel your attention to what you're good at and let's keep working on those. So it's a positive environment. And so, you know, people aren't focusing on mistakes and then you got, you got to have a smile on your face and you got to have fun. If someone were to book an experience with you on Obsesh, what would they expect to receive? Honesty. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, I'm going to be honest, as honest as possible. I'm going to, you know, my goal is just to help anybody with, with whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to be a mentor to people that are trying to strive in rugby and also just life and other um, areas of life. And, you know, big thing for me is just find your passion. Um, it's going to be different for every individual, but 
once that happens, you know, then there's a clear goal in mind and um, I can help with, you know, structure and training or structuring your goals or how to get there. You know, if you're in a, in a pit in your life or, you know, a, a low point, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's get out of there. Cause there's certain, certain ways. And, you know, I think asking questions is, is such a, sometimes it's hard because you don't want to ask the wrong question or you feel like you're, you're doing too much, but that's the only way to grow is putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. And lastly, if people wanted to keep up with you on social media, how would they be able to do so and where? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably Instagram is the easiest thing. I check messages and, and whatnot all the time. So at Christian J. Dyer. Awesome. Christian, thank you so much for taking the time today to be on the Athletes Obsession. Really appreciated having you on. Thank you, Dalton.